three, two, one. Welcome in to This Is How We Feel, a show where each week we take a piece of media and tell you how we feel. This week I'm your host, Baby J, here with our guest, R. Dizzle. What's up, what's up, what's up? Today we're telling you how we feel about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> the original movie, 1990, guys. We're throwing our way back. So we got a lot to talk about here before we dive in. I'm going to take it Turtles on over to sure. Taylor's Bachelor Breakdown. Taylor's Bachelor's Breakdown. Take it away, Tay Tay. Do it. Okay, Taylor, your time starts now. They travel to Costa Rica, solar, solo helicopter ride, so much crying. Peter gets stitches after slamming his head on a golf cart. Um, then now everyone's in Chile. Magazine shoots, Victoria wins, lots of making out under waterfalls. Hannah Ann has never been in love. Victoria P. gets sent home. Sydney gets sent home. Tammy goes home on the first two-on-one, only for McKenna to also get sent home. Lots more crying. Champagne Gate 2.0. And I, that's all I wrote. You actually had way more time than you thought you were going to have. And that's time. Good job getting two episodes into one. All right. Bachelor heating oh. up as always. Okay. Tay Tay. I know I'm in the room every time she does it, but it's still fun to hear it like played back. I like the enthusiasm. I, I feel like she really does care about these women trying to fight I with mean, this one single man. Every episode's like two hours long. So she's com- anybody that watches The Bachelor on a regular basis is committed. Yeah, well, that's enough about The Bachelor. All right, so we're getting into this week's topic. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles counting on. This was one of my favorite movies growing up. I fucking love this movie. Me too. Me and my brother would watch this all day, all night. We had it on VHS. We had one, two, and three. Oh, you had the trilogy? We sure did. I remember. Was it in a box set? Um no, I think they were all separate because I remember each individual little cover. Because remember at number two, they were right, all right. popping out of the number two. Um, oh, that's true. But I remember liking two more because that's where they have like the um, the ooze gets spread around to different people, so we get different monsters coming in. And we get a whole yeah. turtles versus monsters fight. That well, was like the the shit for like, me as a kid. That was my jam. It's like Bebop and Rocksteady or something like that. Are their names? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. It's like a warthog and like a. Yeah. I don't remember what the other thing is. Which is funny, because once you said that, it just reminded me of the new TMNT, because there is a warthog and a something else as like yeah, the two with like glass. They have like glasses and shit, and they're so like I they're never like way that funnier. Was like a callback, I guess. Yeah, that's well, that's what it was supposed to be, because that because they got affected by the ooze too. They're like, but they're like gangster poser punk bad boy. Right. It's like it's like Power Rangers. You remember Power Rangers? How there was that um, fat guy and that skinny dude that were always like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to hang out with the, the two like, street thugs, whatever you want to call exactly, them. Exactly, yeah. Oh my god, that same parallel is in Sky High now that I'm thinking about it. Oh yeah, fat dude, skinny the dude. The fast fat guy and the, yeah. Yeah, and the fat dude is usually wow. like the leader and the skinny dude is kind of like the, yeah, you know, our arms crossed, kind of like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can <laughs> <The> support. <laughs> I get that vibe. Support bad guy. All right, so usually we'll go uh, piece by piece, tell you who directed it, tell you who produced it, tell you how it was filmed. But today we're just going to walk through the story. We're just going to hold your hand and we're going to walk on this journey in case you guys haven't like seen the it. movie. Or if you guys have seen the movie, we can just take a little stroll through the garden. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss the story as it happens and we'll bring up all that information sh- uh, surely in, inside of it, I promise. So the beginning, 
the beginning, the very beginning. We open up black screen. We open up black screen. All right. The setting For a long is time. New York. <laughs> it was a long black screen. <laughs> and then um Boom, Twin Towers. Boom, Twin Towers, yes. First thing I noticed, Twin Towers. Very sad. Anytime I see Twin Towers in a movie, it's like <gasps> Oh. The New York skyline, I feel like, has changed so much. Every time you see it in like an old movie, you're like, "Oh my god, this is what the New York skyline was." Like, oh my god, in a moment of history. Yeah, that's really sad. I can't wait till we go through the Spider-Man movies because he is like jumping all over those things. Right. Yeah. This at least only had it in the one frame. So we open oh, yeah, up. Yeah. We've got some new scenes. Apparently, a crime a crime wave is rising. New York oh, City. Oh yeah, all those children thieves. It's called the silent crime wave. It's all this crime that's not huge, it's not big, but pickpocket thieves, uh, uh purses getting snatched away. It's like um god, what's that movie where they're like watch your pockets as they walk or as they're walking through the city? You know what I'm talking about? And um, all these no. kids are like running through. Oh, wait, Guardians of the Galaxy. And then Groot makes the little girl a flower, Justin. Oh, good callback. I have not seen the original Guardians of the Galaxy in a minute. Immediately, we see a reporter, April O'Neil, and she's covering the mm. mysterious Ninja Foot Clan of this silent and crime wave. And she's foin. And she is foin. She's foin in her yellow, yellow rain jacket. You knew she was familiar. You were like, wait, I know that face. Yeah. I didn't quite catch that it was Halloween Town until my girlfriend said it. She was sitting in the room with Dell. She's actually sitting here next to me. You want to say hi to the people? People. She she said no, and I shoved the mic in her face anyway. Um, <laughs> well, she deserves but, the credit because she screamed out that she exactly. is the mom in Halloween Town one, yeah, two, so. three, and four. I appreciate you for that. I like how they 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 changed Marnie in the fourth one. Didn't change the mom. Mom's same. Oh, you else the same. Oh, you like that? I fucking screamed. I was like, I don't want to watch this movie. This is not my Halloween Town. I didn't actually like it. I just meant like it's Hashtag funny. Hashtag not my Halloween Town. No, hashtag not my Marnie. <laughs> no, I watched them all. We were doing a whole a Halloween fest. Halloween Town I, Marathon? I didn't oh, like man. live action movies as a kid. I thought they were boring. I was a cartoon kid. Yeah. So, we're finding that every time you watch a new movie, you're like, oh, I didn't like this as a kid because it was live action. And I'm like, what? Either is- I didn't like it or I just didn't pay attention to the important parts if I did watch well, it. But that's what gets me about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because it's like, it's live action, but it's it's cartoony and muppety enough yeah. that's like it's almost like it's almost watchable for anybody no matter what like if you like a live action movie you can watch it if you like a cartoon you can watch mm-hmm. it you know yeah i agree and that's like one of the few live actions that i will watch as a kid only because it has giant ninja turtles in it right yeah judith hogue is april o'neill she's a halloween judith. town mama she's is she also, in anything else besides um, halloween town she's also in i am number four that one movie oh. about kids with powers She's yeah. the mom to Diana Agron from Glee. Oh, oh, yeah. that's the don't, Papa Don't Preach. It, Quinn? Yeah, Papa Don't Quinn, Preach. Quinn, Quinn, Quinn. I say a little prayer for you. Yeah, that one. Remember, um, she's saying, "Papa Don't Preach." I'm in trouble now because she got pregnant by Finn's oh, baby, yeah. but it she wasn't was a, Finn's baby; it was, was Puck's baby. Oh my God, the twist! Forgot yeah. about that. She tried to tell him that it was that one time they were in a hot tub together, and then it just like I don't know, swam over to her. Welcome to Happy, the Glee podcast. Um, we're discussing this week Quinn's Fabray's pregnancy and uh, the plot twist that it's not Finn's. This week, we're d- diving deep into Quinn Fabray's legacy as a Lima High School cheerleader. <laughs> now, we start with, um, like a ver- I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. We could do that. We could do a whole podcast we could, about we Glee. Could do a Glee. I could do a Glee podcast in my sleep. The last just time on you season were over, one. I think, like, the first time I moved into this apartment and you came over, we watched the first we three episodes Glee. of Glee, yeah. and we were <laughs> furious. We Those were like, first three episodes are gold. This? 
No, they're gold. I don't even care because it is kind of cringy. But like, oh god, it was so cringy. Like, why did Will? Why did Mr. Schuster put drugs in Finn's locker? That's so fucked up. Oh my god, yeah, that's blackmail in order to get a kid to sing in a singing club. Oh my god. Anyways, that's the Glee update for the. That's the Glee podcast. That was a little preview for our Glee podcast coming out in 2021. It's called Happy. The only other thing that I have her in that's kind of recognizable is in Armageddon. She was one of the astronauts. uh, Astronauts' wife. Sorry. The astronauts. I like that. Mm. I like that way better. No. <laughs> she was uh, Denise, if anyone watches Armageddon and knows people by name. Oh, Denise. Oh, fuck yeah, Denise. Fucking, oh, it's fucking Denise. Yeah, she was the wife of Will Patton, one of the astronauts. And I, I looked up a little picture of the astronauts, and they were doing that little walk, you know, a little slow motion walk. And it's the one person you probably don't recognize. It's not Bruce Willis. It's not. Um, Ben Affleck it's not any of the other guys Ben Affleck's in Armageddon yeah right when I saw him I was like oh damn oh, wait, didn't you watch that movie at the bar the other day he's like- so young <laughs> no it wasn't Armageddon it was um fuck what was that movie Deep Impact maybe oh Deep Impact yeah, yeah, they're, they're the same another movie another spacey um, they're the same they're the exact movie. same movie oh we love a disaster movie <sighs> All right. put that in the disaster movie marathon oh it's in honey it's in oh good, good so good, getting good. back to this movie alright so from here, we're looking at the members of the gang, known as the Foot Clan. They're stealthily stealing some various items from people right under their noses. You see a old lady's perch snatched. You get some wallets getting Oh my God, that lady that was watching TV? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was watching the TV. She turned to, to grab her nail file or she came back. TV's gone. And they are some organized bitches because oh my God, he the grabbed wallet a wallet snatching. and then it went to another guy and it got passed and passed all discreetly. It and then this just dude one. hung out, lounged by a corner, and then put it behind his back, and then the last yeah, he was like waiting it. for it. All right, now the six snatch off has happened. The six <laughs> handoff has happened, and now it's my turn. I'm the seventh guy. I catch it and I run to my Foot Clan place. One of those guys could have easily put it in their pocket, and they would have been done with. We call it the 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 wallet walkabout. Ooh, the wallet walkabout. <laughs> the six person wallet walkabout. You never heard of the six person walkabout? about? Oh, <laughs> so. Okay, so we see uh, <laughs> April. She's walking across a little parking lot at the end of her little long shift day, and she sees a group of these guys, and they're stealing some merchandise from a van. Right. They immediately go for her. They pin her to the ground. They're trying to steal <gasps> her stuff. But then what's this? And then the light above, bam, gets smashed. Boom. Whoa, in and the And then dark. we hear a lot of noises. Hear like, all these punching and kicks and wha bang bang Who is it? We don't know. The light goes back on. And when the police, <laughs> <laughs> the light comes back on, the cops are here. When the light comes back on, the cops are here. They're all tied up. They don't know what's happening. April doesn't know what's happening, but she sees a lone sigh laying on the ground. A very obvious ninja Ooh. weapon. This is not a weapon used by everyone in New York City. No, 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 no. This has to be a ninja. She snatches that shit so fast. She snatched it so fast as I would. And we see somebody peeking up from the sewers. What's that? Who's Who that? Who's this? What are they? What? Wearing a red. He goes, shit. Headband <laughs> on his eyes with eye holes cut out. What do you call those again? Uh, An eye mask? An eye, An eye bandana with eyes cut out? <laughs> An eye bandana with eyes cut out? Are there words for this that maybe I could be using that is a little bit more? A mask. It's just a mask. You could just say it's a mask, I guess. It's a cloth mask? It, uh, 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 uh. 
uh, an eye uh, mask? A, a, a mask? You would think full body mask, a full body mask, full face mask. No, you would think like I Jason. Don't. You would I think like well, it's like an incredible style mask, guys. What do you it's put? Like incredible. If, you if, put you, it if all you're in sick, your eyes and now hey, you can't see them. If you're sick, and you don't want to get other people sick. What do you put on your face? You put a face mask on. Oh, okay. Damn. But does that cover your full face? No, it does not. Oh, that's what. Oh, wow. Oh, god. Oh, shit. It's crazy. I feel like you just said something contra- contrary to that, but wow, it's crazy. Wow, I think wow. we're breaking ground in some sort of way. I think one <laughs> of us might be onto something. We'll, we'll, we'll let the viewers decide. <laughs> All right, so deep in the sewers, you see this, sh- this silhouette <laughs> running inside the sewers, and he meets back with his uh, homies, and they're all gigantic mutant turtles. <laughs> And by the looks I of it, was, I did not guess that that was what I was going to see. By the demeanor of it, they seem like teenagers. They seem like <laughs> teenage mutant, mutant. ninja Nin- turtles. Oh, God. Is... Oh, my God. The title. Wow. Oh. How did I not oh. guess that? Oh, wow. I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. All right. So we're met with Raphael, first of all, who's wearing a red face mask, I guess you can call it. Um, I don't right. know if my TV is just got a yellow tint to it, but the whole time I kept confusing Michelangelo <laughs> and Raphael. It was so orange. It was an orange. It does mask. look. Look, it's a bright red, but I don't think it looks orange. It bright does look scarlet red, to me, like light red, not really bright because bright is no, like a vibrant. It was a vibrant red, exactly. No. It was like a neon red. It was somewhere in between red and orange, whereas Michelangelo's was hard orange. It was the. Do you have a Red Dead Redemption two? No, I do not. It's the color of the Red Dead Redemption 2 case. Oh, I know that color, though. That's, like, everywhere. That's, like, a really yeah. red red. That's, like, the Netflix logo red. Like, red. Yeah. Not what yeah. Raphael had. No, I agree. It looks like the Netflix logo red. Yeah. Looking at Netflix right now. All right, so uh, Raphael is played by my man Josh Pius. Pays? Josh Pais. Pace. Who knows? P- P-E-I-S? P-A-I-S. Pace. Um... He's the only turtle to do the voice and do the puppeteering for. So he's the full body guy. He's the man. He was my least favorite voice actor. He was my least favorite turtle growing up and on the rewatch. He's just, you know, he's the the gruff guy. He's the one tough guy. He's your least, he's your least favorite on the rewatch too. Yeah. He was, um, he was a little dickling the whole time. He was a little dickling. I'll agree with that one. He was like the main character. He started off the show. He kind of ended it too, but yeah, no, I was always a Mikey kid growing up and now looking at it, I'm definitely a Donatello kind of kid. Does the second one, does this, I mean, we're not talking about the second one right now, but does the second one focus on one of them? Because the third one focuses on Michelangelo does or it? Leonardo. I was going to say two. Leonardo because I think in one of them, they really try to like hone in that Leonardo's the leader. Yeah. I, the third one focuses on Leonardo. You definitely weren't feeling him as the leader in this one. I mean, they talk about it. They have like a, an argument about it in, uh, for a second, but. For a little bit, but it wasn't like he was leading the team, you know? he wasn't I feel like, like some of this, some of this movie has sort of like the. It explains everything about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe, like, s- succinctly. Like, it's everything compiled into the movie. Right. Um, but I feel like some of it does kind of weigh on the fact that you know these characters already. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's definitely true. Like, when you see the sigh, it's kind of like a little, ooh, you know who that is. Exactly, yeah. And then it, and it's the same thing, like, like we all know Leonardo's the leader, and but it's only, like, kind of a pass-away statement in the movie at some point. Right. Points. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's we'll a very leader moment of him to we'll, right, we'll so, talk about it later. So we can move on from Josh Pius. If you uh, want to know what, anything else he's been in Joker 2019, he's the manager who's yelling at this guy. 
Why'd you bring a gun to the hospital? Why'd you do all this? <gasps> You're fired. Oh my god. Yeah, right? That was a good one. Me and Babe just saw that movie, and I hated it. All right, Josh Payas, get the hell out of here. He was also Kristen Stewart's stepdad in Adventureland. I love me some Adventureland. Oh, Adventureland! Yep. And he was the only voice actor to play the voice and the puppet. All right, thank you, Josh Payas. That was now. it, though? He was only in those two movies? There were some other, like, randos that I didn't recognize. He's like, the two most oh, recognizable man. stuff. That's crazy. Um, Yeah, it's really fun. I love Adventureland. All right, so we got the rest really of the team. I remember the stepdad too well. We got Michelangelo. Michelangelo. He was always my Michelangelo. He was always my favorite growing up because obviously I had a short attention span. I was a kid's kid. The cowabunga used to fucking that used to be my jam. The pizza, all of it. Oh my god, I loved it. I used to identify with Michelangelo because he he was funny and he liked pizza so much, and I like pizza so much. And yes, I'm funny. And I'm funny. (laughs) And And I like to be funny. funny. I like to have fun. I wasn't exactly a skater, but like I I was a skater. I'd like to think I was. I was like that. I was a skater boy. I said, see you later, boy. You weren't good enough for me. You said, see you later, boy. Damn, Avril. I was a skater boy. (laughs) That's Avril Lavigne, right? Yeah, that's Avril. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Avril, for that beautiful quote that we can quote now. All right. So the voice actor for Michelangelo was Robbie Rist. He also Robbie Rist. He also plays the pizza man that delivers the pizza. Oh, that's funny. He talks to himself and that's Sure scene. does. And he gets stiff. He Babe, stiffs himself. Michelangelo Michelangelo plays the pizza guy that dropped off the pizza to Michelangelo at the beginning of the movie. She said, "Oh, really? No, really? That's so funny. It is funny. Thank you, Adele. Thank you. <laughs> it is funny. Thank you, Adele. Thank Love you." Love the commentary. Love it. So, <laughs> everybody knows Naruto. Everybody loves Naruto. Robbie Rist has been the voice oh. of Choji. Since the beginning. <gasps> He's the voice of Choji. Choji. I love From him. Naruto. Always eating stuff. Yeah. Fat. That's the fat guy, right? Yeah. Fat. I love him. I, used, I play... I play him in Shippuden. Oh, he's the best. I mean, in um, Ninja Storm. He's the best. When you got to that point in the games so where fun. they can include the little butterfly thing where he gets skinny and gets the butterfly chakra wings. Fuck yeah. Oh my God, yes. That's my shit. The skinny butterfly chakra wings. We love a fat guy turns skinny because of a pill. I like the rolling that he does on the ground. <laughs> oh yeah, he does the little, turns into a giant <laughs> fat man. <laughs> yeah. How is that okay? All right, so he's also in Zatch Bell. He's also Ido in Zatch <gasps> Bell. If you remember the who's Ido? The wind power Momoto and he the owner. Wait, which one's the wind? Ma- which one's the, the wind power Momoto? So the, I, I only know the game, so go off of that. He's not in the game. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay, so never mind. I don't know anything about the this. Momoto is a little demon guy. He's a little shorter one. He's got like orange spiky hair, and the owner is the voice is Robbie Wrist. His name is Ido, and he like um, has a skateboard. And whenever he uses the wind powers, he's always like flying on a skateboard. So it's kind of appropriate, right? Well, that's that's yeah, that's kind of Michelangelo. So he just plays Michelangelo again in in Zatch Bell. Pretty anyway. much, I think he's kind of like the funny guy in that one too. And I remember the the wind that's power mode was very, like very serious. So it was like a little a little duo. Did you watch Zatch Bell? Did I watch Zatch Bell? Girl, yeah. I watched it all the way through. I had to like look on like random sites to find the later episodes. But they used to play it on oh. Cartoon Network. So I had like a few seasons of of English to go through until it went to you know subtitles. All right, so Michelangelo's puppeteer was. McCallan Sisti. Who that? He was also God. I can't believe this was a movie I used to watch. I had this on v- VHS. Theodore Rex, starring Whoopi Goldberg. <gasps> He's the puppeteer for Rex. <laughs> That's yes, gross. I'm so glad you choked on it because I was floored when I saw that movie. Like so many feelings came f- came flooding back to me. That's so gross. Theodore, oh goddamn God. Rex. I can't tell you what that movie's about. I just know it's a. Uh, uh, Isn't it about a businessman dinosaur? 
I thought he was a cop. Oh, maybe he's a cop. I think it's him and Whoopi Goldberg and they're cops or something like that. I, just I remember, remember them like. I just remember him having a job and that being the thing like, oh, this dinosaur's got a job. And I'm like, what? I remember there being a lot of action scenes like someone suiting up the place and Theodore's like, Whoopi, get down. <laughs> I remember him having a tie and a shirt and happens. a jacket on. I don't think any of that happens. I don't know. <laughs> Whoopi, get down. <laughs> but he would. We got to throw that on the he list. He returns for TMNT too and that's all of his credits. Thank you, Mikey. Do any of these other voice actors and people come back for the other two movies? Um, that's a great question. I don't think Josh Pius does because he would have had that on there. Um, Robbie Rich definitely oh. does not. Michael Sisti does. And then we've got Splinter, Master Splinter. Master Splinter. He was so gross. <laughs> the first time he came onto camera, he had that oh little God, chin that hair. That little chin yeah, so, hair hanging down like two feet below his chin. Yeah, so the so in the story, it's like there he's talking, and we see this like hard pan from the far right of the subway to the middle of the subway. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, well, of the sewer that they're in like there's like a subway car there but like you start on the subway car and then it goes off and you see the turtles you see one turtle two turtle three turtle four turtle and by the time he's like on the third or fourth sentence of his speech you see this ugly ass fucking rat with these fucking pickle et fingers oh God, man so crusty too yo he's literally a rat man that's crazy <laughs> they couldn't have cleaned him up a little bit He's missing an ear. It's dark as shit, and I'm still scared of his face. He's been living in a sewer for God knows how many years. I don't know how old these guys are. He's double furred up on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> if these if these mutant turtles are teenagers, then he's got to be down there for 13 to 18 years. 13 to 19 years. Oh, my God. Or however old these wow, teenagers are. Wow, he raised teenager. He raised teenage turtles. Can you he believe did that? that? He sure did. How do turtles actually age, I wonder? I mean... They grow twice in size by the next day, time. and then they're up on their bipedal feet by the next one, and by the fourth yeah. day, they're learning kung fu. Just took them three days to stand up on their t- on their back. That's feet. exactly how turtles grow. Yep. So Splinter, my man Splinter, is played by Kevin Clash. Who's my man that? Kevin Clash has been the original voice of Elmo <laughs> from 1980 <gasps> until He's 2012. Elmo? He is the Elmo, like since the beginning. So the Elmo played the voice he for Splinter? He was the only Elmo up until 2012, who is now another guy named Ryan Dillon. And he's Master so, Splinter over here. What the fuck? Wait, wasn't Elmo, isn't Elmo a black guy? Yeah, Kevin Clash is a black guy. Oh, okay. Kevin Clash is a black guy. I'm he sorry. is cool. a black guy. That's crazy. Master Splinter is a black guy, but <laughs> he's got a Japanese accent. Yeah, and Elmo is Elmo. Hey, <laughs> tickle me. I was waiting for, I Elmo. wasn't going to do it, but I wanted you to do it. Thank you. Okay, you can <laughs> stop that now. Thank you. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Okay, sorry. The voice actor for Donatello is a very famous man by the name of Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman? Wait, wait, wait. wait. What's he in? He mm-hmm. sounds familiar. Uh-huh. When I heard the name, I was like, wait a minute. That sounds so fucking familiar. Corey Feldman. He's, Why does that sound so familiar? He's from The Goonies. The Goonies. He's from The Gremlins. The Gremlins. And most recently, he's in Sharknado 3. Sharknado 3? <laughs> I don't know what this guy looks like, but I know I know his 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 name. His name sounds so familiar. He's He seems Corey Not to bring up you know the worst of someone's history, but he also had a little spat with Michael Jackson about the- um, Corey Feldman. About the whole you know, sexual harassment type <gasps> Oh, really? Yeah. He was in that? That's probably why I know him then. But he was also one of the people who was like, you know, it didn't happen, didn't happen. No, no, no. Right. He was in The Lost Boys, Stand By Me. Stand By Me, License to Drive. The Burbs, License to Drive. Dream a Little Dream. Oh, The Fox and the Hound. So he was a kid actor? Yes. Very famous and kid then, actor t- who was very famously friends with Michael Jackson. And then in the 90s, he became... Uh, 
a voice actor for Donatello? Donatello. Which is hey, who's the puppet now actor? Now looking back on it, Donatello's my favorite guy. I used to like be the Michelangelo type. If you're splitting them all into four, I used to be the Michelangelo, the funny, the the silly, the whatever. And now I'm, I always kind of right. lean towards like the intellect, the, the techie guy. And Donatello, right. especially in this movie, I remember saying like, "Oh, he just made a little joke." Yeah, that's funny. Mikey's he's line funniest. right there. He's, the, he's like, yeah, him and him and Mikey are the funniest people. Yeah, in this he's movie. actually he's somewhere in between like Mikey and Leonardo because he's serious, but he is kind of silly. I'd love to say that I'm one of them, but I'm Raphael. Um, I don't think he's so. He's just a ball of passion. No, he's a ball of you're, passion. You're like half Raphael, half Michelangelo. Okay, I'll and take I would it. say I'm half Michelangelo, half Donatello. Okay, I'll take that. Okay, he's taking it. Good. <laughs> very nice, very nice, very nice. All right, so Donatello's puppeteer is known as Leaf Tilden. Um, he does not act. He does not do much of the face work. So um, he actually works as a location manager, and he's managed for Eagle Eye. He's t- managed for the Terminator TV series, Law & Order, lots of other what? fucking credits. He's a location guy, location manager. Okay, I don't know what the fuck that is. But... Yeah, I don't know what that <clears> is either. I guess he secures the location, throws it okay. in the bag. Great for him. All right, we're left with one turtle. Leonardo! Okay, I was like, who did we not do? <laughs> Leonardo Kuhn. Who is Leonardo Kuhn? Leonardo Kuhn, his voice actor, is Brian Tochi. Brian Tochi. 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 Um, I've never seen Revenge of the Nerds, but uh, he's one of the main characters. One, two, and three, apparently. Hmm. Um, And then I got two little fun facts for you that I know you're going to like. What's up? In Avatar The Last Airbender... Do you remember the husband who wants to get his wife safely across the serpent's path? <gasps> oh my god, the, the serpent's path! Yes, bossing Singh. Yeah, yes. he's the husband. And they were denied passage by that mean lady. And then Toph is like, "Um, actually, I'm a Bayfong. Can you let me in? Actually, I'm a Kardashian. Can you let me in? <laughs> Don't be fucking rude. Let me and my friends in. Don't, Don't throw the fucking, fucking thing rude. at me. Rude, Toph Kardashian. And he Toph was in another episode of Avatar: Last Airbender. If you remember when Aang and Zuko, damn, I almost forgot his name. Aang and Zuko go to the Sun Temple for the yes, ancient. Yes, dra- they do the dragon dance. The dragon dance. In that scene, the Sun Warriors, the older flashback people who are in the audience, there's only three mm-hmm. of them that talks. There's one like leader guy. There's one who's like wishing them farewell, and there's one who says, "Ooh, I can't wait for the dragons to kill these two like they do everybody else." <gasps> That's <laughs> He's him? that guy. Yep. That's funny. He's the negative I guy. We're laughing yep. at that. We're laughing at that. Brian Atuchi. So uh, all of them are sitting in a room and, and Splinter's talking shit. Splinter's talking shit, yeah. Let me get to the last turtle so we can finally be done with we, this. We already did all four. We've got Leonardo's puppeteer. Because remember, oh, I forgot. <laughs> we don't hire puppeteers for voice acting. We outsource <laughs> that shit. Right, right, right. Okay, so who puppeteered this guy? He was puppeteered by David Foreman. Who's that? David Foreman as the Leonardo's puppeteer. He doesn't do a lot of acting who nowadays. Who that, who that, who that? He's a stunt coordinator, has been since 1985. He's worked on okay. Superman 4, Quest for Peace. Agent Cody Banks 2, Destination Good London, a classic. Kick-Ass, stunt coordinator for The Last Jedi. Oh, Kick-Ass! <gasps> the Last Jedi! And Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I don't care about that one, but 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 the other two, <laughs> those are some great stunts. Last Jedi yeah. and, 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 and the other one? Yeah, and the coordinator. Jurassic World, yep. He's the coordinator. No, no, He's the, the lead other bitch. one. I don't care about Jurassic World. The oh, other I'm two. Sorry. I'm sorry. Agent Cody Banks 2, Destination Agent, London. No, that's not the one I was talking about. What's the one sure? before The Last Jedi? <laughs> that was probably the best one on the list. No, what did you say before The Last Jedi, Justin? Kick ass. Oh, kick ass, yes. yes. When Big Daddy goes into that warehouse and he's throwing oh, all that shit, dude, Agent that's Cody great. Banks too, yes. 
us. All right, no. so Foreman also represented the <laughs> England you. tumbling squad at the 1980 World Games. Well, that I wow could not care less. But it's in theme. He's got a tumbling <laughs> stunt coordinator. Career. Oh, that's true. Okay, He's okay, okay. He's a real okay. physical guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get back to the story. Enough about these goddamn actors and their goddamn. So credits. now they're all sitting in a room. So we got Splinter yeah. over here. We've got old crusty rat Splinter. He's asking if any of them were seen. Oh, because they all went to save April. I thought it was just Raphael because that's all you see in the sewer, but I guess you, they all run back inside together. Oh, I guess that is, yeah. They never really said that. I they never should... thought about that. Yeah. All right, good teamwork. Good teamwork, yeah. All right, so after that. He goes, were any of you seen? And then Raphael goes, I, I dropped the saw. I dropped my saw. I can get it back. Like that's, that. That was pretty good, yeah. Thanks. I tried really hard. And then Michelangelo orders some pizza. Some pizza, yep. pizza. And then he plays himself giving him the pizza. <laughs> and then he stiffed two, the guy. Two because he was two minutes late. I Bro, cannot... there's a Chinese proverb we always say. Patience is a virtue, but never pay full price for late pizza. I cannot imagine living in a world where if it's 30 minutes late, you can just not pay the guy. You can give him $10 on a $13 <laughs> pizza. That's insane. I want to live back in that world because we did live in that world at one point. <laughs> And I and no one ever comes to my house within thirty minutes, so I'd be like, "Yeah, give me my free pizza, thank you." No, of course, yeah. I mean, at that point, why, you could just turn around, right? Just turn around, go back to Pizza Hut. What are you gonna do? You gotta order another exactly. one, then you get another thirty minutes. Exactly. So then Raphael goes back outside, right? After this whole pizza shit goes on. After that happens, Raphael goes back outside. That old lady gets he her purse snatched. Yes. <laughs> boom, boom. So we see that old lady's purse gets snatched right up. She was clutching it very tightly. It was That's like my thing. She had her. it in front of her. Yeah, she was already ready for it to not get snatched. And Both then hands. they were like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to snatch that shit anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that she let go of it, but come on. She, <laughs> there wasn't a moment where they were both kind of like holding on to it, and she was like, oh, overpowered, let's go. No, she no. well, I mean, she's an old frail lady. I wouldn't expect her to do much, but I also wouldn't expect her to just let go of her purse like she did. Yeah, honestly, you know this silent cra crime wave is happening right now. You watch the news. Mm -hmm. But Mafriel literally just trips them, like, with his foot. Trips them up. They fall into the bushes. They're all he up gets in the, the grass. purse back. He throws it at that dude. Throws it at that dude, and then in comes K -k 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 Casey Jones. Casey Jones. He looks really familiar. He looks like a daddy. I don't know who he is. I like his face mask. I remember, like when it first came on, I was like, "Hmm, that's very I like cool. his face. I thought, "Oh yeah, his face is really nice." I I was <laughs> I was thinking he looked like the main guy from Law and Order SVU. That one and guy. I disagree. And you disagreed. And then I looked him up and I was like, well, maybe not. But still kind of similar. He looks more like the main guy from Criminal Minds from the first mm. seasons. Well, he is not in Criminal Minds. Okay, well, thank you. So Casey Jones is played by Elias Cotillas. Cotillas. Elias Cotillas. He's one of the main characters in Crash, 1996. Never seen that. He's Alvin in Chicago PD, Chicago Med, and Chicago Fire. What the fuck? Yeah, I guess there's a lot of things going on in Chicago right now. Is that those, um, well, okay. It's like a crime TV show. It's like a Law and Order and like an NCIS. But it's, like so a, it's like a Grey's Anatomy meets that firefighter yeah, show that yeah. that woman also made. Well, yeah, I mean, but it's like the bad version of it. These are all separate shows. So I'm assuming Chicago PD is like the Law and Order NCIS version. The Chicago Med is like the Grey's Anatomy version. And Chicago Fire is like the that one firefighter show. I forget what it's Well, called. you know that the woman that made Grey's Anatomy. Um, Adele, the woman who made Grey's Anatomy. Shonda, Shonda Rhimes, the woman who made Grey's Anatomy, Shonda Rhimes, she made another TV show about firefighters that exists inside the Grey's Anatomy universe. Oh. And one of the doctors from Grey's Anatomy works at the firefighter place. Oh, that's 
that's cool. As a firefighter. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. They're doing the same thing as the Shonda Rhimes show, oh. but not yeah, as good. Yeah, that formula. Not as good at all. It's very plain cut. Chicago PD. Chicago man. Yeah. Chicago you can't, fire. You can't top Shonda Rhimes. I mean, she's a fantastic show creator, so. So Elias Cotillas is also the reverend in Haunting in Connecticut. Never seen it. He's Jack Payne in Shooter. 2007. Never seen it. Any returns for TMNT 3. Oh, great. Yeah. I guess not number two. Fuck Casey Jones, then. Fuck Casey Jones. <laughs> when I first started watching this movie and they kept referring to him as Casey, I thought he had like a superhero name for some reason. I thought he was like the something or the. Oh, I, th- I think I know what you're talking about. I think he, I think he did too. Like he was, he came out and said something about like his name, right? I feel like that was a scene. But yeah. I didn't see it in this one. Maybe maybe it happens later. Maybe he becomes something later. I don't know. Jones. He can't just be known as Casey Jones. I feel like he's no, got like No, I think like he a, does have a... I guess it's just Casey Jones. Never mind. Wait, it's just Casey Jones? He doesn't have like a... The... The... The something, right? The something, yeah. The the hockey super puck, name, the something. Yeah, the hockey hockeyer. Nope. I guess his name's actually... His superhero name, I guess, is Casey because his real name is Arnold Bernard Jones. Oh, that's weird. So Casey is voiced by Josh Peck in what? (gasps) In what? In the new movies? In the animated TV series 2012. That's funny. That is funny. So anyways, he comes down and he starts beating up the assholes that were uh, stopped by Raphael. Yeah, with the hockey puck. The hockey uh, stick. Raphael's whole thing is very like, very like true ninja shit. He's like, you know, we're not here to hurt them. We're just here to stop them from doing the bad things, and someone else will like the like their path will be corrected on their own. Casey's like, nah, these thugs just did some shit. I'm finna beat them up for it, punish them now for it. That was a funny little moment because, from my perspective, TMNTs are you know butt kicking ninjas. They're always kicking people's butts. And just two seconds ago, I mean, they tied him up. They didn't beat the shit out of him. But, you know, there got to be a little violence before you can subdue him. So I remember right. being very surprised when he was like, hey, stop that. Stop hurting For the them. most part, no. But for the most part, I remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, as a principal, trying to be as nonviolent as possible. Yeah. And I do remember as a kid being like, why doesn't Leonardo ever use his sword? Use his sword, yeah. You always <laughs> oh just see him God. Hit, hit with the hilt of it or kind of punch and kick. Never actually uses he it. He does so many hilt attacks and it's like, bro. He'll on. block. Sometimes if someone's coming at him with a knife, he'll like block it and you hear the little clink and then mm-hmm. he will not retaliate. Right, right, right. All right, then we got April. She's over here in the police office. You got the chief yeah, of get, police. We get to see their little B-side story. You got Chief Stearns yelling in her face. Spitting all over the place. He's oh, so sweaty as shit. Well, because she was all like, well, what are you doing about what's going on here? And he's like, we're handling it. And she's all, well, you're not handling it. What do you know about the Foot Clan? And he's like, it doesn't exist. That's stupid. And she's all, well, it does exist. So what do you have to say about that? And he's all, no comment. And then he goes to his office. And she goes, April. And then he goes, she goes, time me. And he goes, okay. And then he goes into the office. And then they're spitting, blah, 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 blah. And then she leaves because he's like, you tell me how to do my job. It's a very typical journalist versus police yes. person versus authority. Like, Except that you never see this because, like, not a lot of those people have actual relationships. But it seems like she's done this enough time that now, like, like that the commissioner has had to talk to her several times about this type mm-hmm. shit. So they have like a relationship of like you always badmouth me, right? And what the fuck, you got to stop. And I remember as we were watching it, you were saying, "Oh wait, he's probably paid off by the Foot Clan." Yes. That- that never like ended up getting discussed. But it did. But it did. We'll get to it. But it did come up because he released the Foot Clan child in order for the woman to stop talking. Which woman is this? I'm so sorry. April O'Neil. <laughs> for April to stop talking, he released Danny's kid. 
But oh. I, could, I guess that could also just be viewed as well, him trying to get April to stop talking about it. Yeah, that's like more like an insider, like, a, well, I know you, so I'm going to do this favor for you. It wasn't exactly like, I'm in with the Foot Clans, that's why I'm not giving you any information. Because in the end, when he was arresting these guys, he was like, hey, yeah, I want to know where your hideout is and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, that's true. He wasn't like, oh, you guys got me. That's know? true. I guess my theory didn't hold up too well. So after that encounter, she's then in the subway. She's trying to go home. And then a bunch of Foot Clan come out of nowhere. Oh, my God. How many times is this going to happen? Foot Clan everywhere. She pulls out the scythe and immediately gets it smacked out of her hand by a fucking so ninja. Funny. She pulls it out so fast. Yeah, she's like, I got a scythe. So and he's like, to use it. get the fuck out of here. And he slaps it with his bare hand. It's not like his he bare... does no karate, nothing. Doesn't attack Well, again, another these side. weapons are, are rounded. They're fucking blunt objects. They're very blunt. I wonder if the point is sharp, at least, because you can't cut anything with it. Maybe you can at least stab. No, it's rounded like a, like a drumstick. After that, the Foot Clan says, hey, I have a message for you. Holds out his hand. Smacks her in the face. Slaps her right in her mouth. That was the funniest moment I've ever witnessed. Uh, he goes, I have a message for you. Puts out his hand and just smacks her so hard. Like, and she's so taken aback. Yeah. I don't think you can oh, do that man. in a movie nowadays. If no, you do of course that, not. that's one of those scenes to really solidify to the audience that this villain is a bad guy. Exactly. If you women. slap a bitch in a movie now, oh, no. Nah. Yeah. yeah, if you do that, it's only to show how bad you are how bad, and to exactly. set up your failure later or just to, you know, otherwise destroy someone's character. Not, That's not, so crazy. It's not delegated to the to the lackey foot clan unnamed person. Right, exactly. You never see just the ninja dude slapping a chick. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. After that beautiful slap to the face, after a short little skerfuffle, she's knocked unconscious, and then we see Raphael coming He's in like, to help her. He grabs his side back and he goes at him. He goes at him. At, at them. Him. At him. Defeats the Foot Clan. Yada, yada. We it's bring, a ninja, isn't it? We bring April back to the subway. We bring her back to meet the fam. She's unconscious. It, it's at this point where we really get the close up of Splinter that we because never Because she for. wakes up and she's nose down in him. She, she wakes up <laughs> and looking straight up from the couch, you just see this long hanging chin hair that's like the first thing i saw just right there in her face just dangling little crusties hanging off of it and he's like oh you are awake <laughs> she screams her head off she looks around and she sees the turtles four giant turtles she screams even more she thinks she's in a dream you immediately were like i bet that place smells so bad Oh my god! Especially with Splinter just hanging over her, like, <laughs> yeah, I bet Splinter smells like shit, dude. Oh my god! How He's many years bad. was he in the sewer? How many showers had they taken like in their yeah. years living in the sewer? Probably yeah, zero. That's crazy. Probably zero. It's at it's at this point that Splinter explains the origins of the turtles. So Splinter is explaining to April after she comes the fuck down, and by extension, explaining to the audience that he and the turtles were once ordinary animals were mutated into intelligent creatures by the toxic waste. The toxic... Mm, toxic waste. So after Splinter finds the turtles and sees that they are growing twice in size and their intellect is growing at the same speed as his, he trains them in the art of ninjutsu. Which he learned from his old master, Yoshi! 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 You're really good at that. Me and Adele watched a Yoshi video because I was trying to convince her that I was doing it well. And she was like, no, you're not. And I was like, let's listen to it. And then I no, did it you're doing with it, really it in my good. ear. And I was like, no, that's it, babe. And she was like, it is it. But at first she was like, you sound like Stitch. Yeah. Um, well, they're very similar. 
Yeah. Ohana means family. That family means do. nobody like, gets left behind. You're like putting your voice in your throat. I don't know how to in do that. In my throat. You close off the... the you close... You got it. There you go. Yeah, you, clo- <clears throat> you close it off. Yoshi! Yoshi! Oh, wow. I feel like I was going to choke on my own words. Yeah, it hurts because you're letting so little air escape from the back of your throat. Wow, Yoshi! <sighs> I'm getting lightheaded. Yoshi! Oh God! So after this huge Yoshi. explanation, turtles take April back to her apartment, and they have some pizza, and they get some pizza. And then we see Michelangelo do a fantastic comedy routine where he does impressions. <laughs> oh yeah, he was doing Sylvester Stallone. I think he was only doing Sylvester Stallone. No, he did. <laughs> He did You Dirty Rat. I don't know who that is. He did Sylvester Stallone and he did one other person I don't remember. You Dirty Rat. You oh, dirty rat. <laughs> that's why she said that must be Splinter's favorite. Oh, because he, he's, a he's a dirty, dirty rat. rat. <laughs> Very dirty. So That's she funny. I didn't get canon. it at first. I he thought it was dirty. just because... I thought it was just because he wouldn't have been up for the game of doing improv scenes. You know what I mean? Or like impressions. Yeah. After the turtles escort April home, they go back to their hideout, their hideout and find that it was ransacked. And <gasps> Linter is kidnapped. And then they're all crying. <laughs> oh, that was so sad. It was. They go back to her apartment like in tears. It's like, oh my God, heartbreaking. Go back to April's apartment. We're all sad. We spend the night there. He goes, Splinter. Sad face. So in the next morning, Danny Penning- Pennington, the troubled son of April's supervisor, Charles Pennington is who we saw get arrested earlier, which we didn't mention. Who we saw he, get arrested and then get bailed out of jail because Charles Pennington is um got some influence in the chief in the police department. No, chief has uh, wants April to stop, so she ca- so he calls Charles and says, "Hey, don't you got a kid named Danny? Well, guess what? He's in the thing, and I'll let him out for free ninety nine if you tell April to shut the fuck up." There's a whole lot he of goes, insider trading going on. There's a whole lot of he goes, shady shit. He says, he says deal. Then he goes back to her house and says, listen, I need you to shut the fuck up about the police commissioner. And all the turtles are hiding. Oh, God, that was so bad. And this guy, little Danny, is like yeah, picking up little notes. He's like, wait, he saw he saw pizza box. There's he saw Michelangelo under um, the table. All right, so Danny sees one of them briefly in a reflection before he and his father are ushered out. April's like, get the fuck out of here. While driving home, Charles confronts Danny about stealing. And when he stops in traffic, Danny runs out of the car like the little shit he is. Yeah, what a fucking dick. I hated that. The My second they stop, snatched just, me up, bro. I don't, my parents would be like flabbergasted if I just jumped out of the, the car. car. Oh my God. And this guy was like, Danny, straight to the come sewer. back. Danny, where are you going? Sewer. These white kids, man. He goes to an abandoned warehouse near the harbor where the foot is waiting. You've got this little teenage operation going on. The, the coolest place in the coolest New York. place ever. We've got neon signs. We've got arcade games. We got we've got skateboard electronics. We got pool tables. We got kids smoking cigarettes. Menthol irregular. Menthol irregular. We got we, we got, all got cigarettes. We got uh, what's his name? <laughs> we got uh, Sam Rockwell. We got Sam Rockwell <laughs> <laughs> sitting in this hanging out. I'm so glad you you caught that. He's only credited said, as Sam head thug Rock- in this movie. Head thug. Doesn't even have a fucking name, bro. Nope. So after that, we see um, Tatsu, the second enhancer strider, and he's teaching these kids the way of the ninjutsu. He's kicking kids' ass. And then during oh. a fight with, was that Danny or Rando or another guy? A random guy. A guy that looked just like Danny. He had the same little bowl, orange cut, bowl cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
he tries to give him a bow after fighting, and this guy kicks him kicks in his him. face. Right in his mouth. Never He's lower your eyes to the enemy. He's a child. That's a child tattoo. I screamed. I was like, that is so disrespectful, especially in like yeah. Japanese culture. The whole bow is meant to sh like show your vulnerable side. Like, look, well, I trust you. And that's why I'm bowing to you. I'm giving you my, my head right, right now, basically. This is the way of the shadow jutsu, bro. I mean, the shadow ninja. Don't trust shit. anybody and never lower your eyes to the enemy. This is where we meet our main antagonist, Shredder, who on second watch is very similar to Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. Parallels running deep. Actually, a lot of parallels to Star Wars in this movie. Like, we named every single person that could be every single person. Yeah, we've got the turtles as Luke, uh, cohesively all together. <laughs> yeah, we have Leia as April, Han with um, Casey Jones, Shredder as Darth Vader, of course. Yeah, and uh, Yoda as Splinter. Oh my God, what a beautiful Yoda! Shredder, my main man, Shredder, is played by James Saito. Um, I've only seen Home Alone one, but in Home Alone three, he is the Chinese mob boss. Wait question. a minute. Hold on. He's Qu voiced by a different person? Question mark? Oh, yeah, he is. I isn't that upsetting? Why? He's a... He's... Why? He's literally there. You see his face moving, his mouth moving and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they felt it so necessary to voice over everybody else's lines. <laughs> but he plays so, this Chinese mob boss in Home Alone 3. I've only seen number one, so I don't know how the fuck this franchise can get all the way to a Chinese mob boss being involved in this franchise. I think the third one was the one with the... um. Um, there's like a chip at the bottom of a race car, oh. RC race car. And the Chinese mob kid. wants it back? Y I guess, yeah. Oh, jeez Louise. He also plays the insurance investigator in Life of Pi, the guy who's like interviewing him the entire movie. Never seen it. If y'all have seen Always Be My Maybe on Netflix, he's the main- Always be my maybe. He's the main guy's dad, the guy who's trying to get, you know, Harry to get out the house. Never he's seen a it. Judge in Big Eyes. He's got small parts in Pearl Harbor. Die Hard Never with a Vengeance. Long Never Shot. Never seen it. And then the voice of Shredder is made is uh, voiced by David McCarran, who's only McCarran. 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 He's got an H in there. McCarran. 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 There we go. David McCarran. Return to a TMNT two. That's his only credit. Oh great! <laughs> Thank you, Splinter, for coming back. So yeah, Danny tells him about the turtles at April's house, right? Yerp. <clears throat> then back at April's house, turtles are watching April on the TV, talking about how they want to fuck her. Super weird. It was really weird. Mike keeps kissing the TV. It's very uncomfortable. She what a hottie, he says, or something like that. And then Raphael and Leonardo get into a whole argument over what to do over Splinter being gone. Raphael leaves the apartment. He goes onto the roof where he's then ambushed by an army of Foot Clan ninjas. They're all who sees him across the way, Casey. They're all joking around downstairs, like, "Oh yeah, Raphael always leaves. He always does his whole thing. He's fine." Oh yeah, she takes she takes them to see her, her dad's shop, and oh, they're yeah. all they keep saying, "Huh, oh, Raphael's fine. Whatever." Well, meanwhile, Raphael's getting the shit knocked out of him, literally. And then they're like, "Oh, he'll drop in at any second. And literally, boom, throws <laughs> get thrown back into the apartment. Um. And then all the turtles get into the giant fight. They all wind up in the antique shop below because the floor drops in. More foot clans are dropping in through the roofs. Oh my god. They're like never ending. It's like a never ending supply. Never ending supply. Never ending foot clan. Oh my god. 
So they all end up in the antique shop where they're all soon outnumbered as Tatsu arrives with reinforcements. However, Casey Jones suddenly appears. Having spotted Raphael from the rooftops earlier, he helps the turtles escape through a secret doorway as the building catches fire. They escape in April's van and the ninjas retreat as the shop and apartment burn to the ground. And somewhere in this, the... What is it called? The voice, the phone recorder, the voice message, oh voice God. mailbox. Yeah, shows that she got fired. Shows that she got fired. It, it it falls from her house, from her apartment, into the hole below, and then dangles Dangling on the end a of a wire. And he says, hey, you're fired. All right, April, you're done. You're through. Dude, I know this is going to seem as a backhand, but yeah, I, I can't do this anymore. You're done. You're fired. You're I'm done. sorry. You're fired. Take your shit. Get out. So then we've got the famous scene where all the Avengers go onto the farm on Hawkeye. Oh, I'm sorry. So the Avengers this, go so then to we've the got the farm. scene where they, no! the, the TMNT goes to the farm that it belongs no! to April's family. No, you did not that, just say that. It's the midway in every movie where we all reevaluate our lives, where oh we all get away gosh. from the setting in order to just be one with the characters. A lot of development <sighs> happens over here. We've got some Captain f- America chopping wood. I yep. mean, Leonardo chopping wood. Yep. Yep, Raphael got- face down in a bathtub. Hawkeye and his wife, wife flirting. Um, <laughs> Casey and and, 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 and April and flirting. April flirting. A very oh weird God. flirting. He yeah. he sh- sits her ass down. He grabs her shoulders and throws her into the chair, and then just starts aggressively massaging her. It's very awkward. And I do Michael- want to talk about one bit in this whole but- in this whole like farmhouse bit that they do. Mm-hmm. Um. We open with April, like, writing in her journal and drawing pictures of the turtles, and she sounds nothing like she sounds in the rest of the movie. I don't know who wrote this dialogue, but it is, like, the it's, she's, like, she's speaking, like, eloquently, and she's a reporter from New York, and it, it just doesn't sound like her that's at all. so true, especially that she's a reporter. She really should be, like, it makes sense that she's journaling, because that's, like, a very, you know, investigative journalist. It's right. in the name. But yeah. she's not talking like a reporter. She's talking very like a high school girl. Like, and then we all went over here and they are just such a family. We all feel very connected to each other. <laughs> it's weird. I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit. That whole scene was very awkward and cringy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right after and then, a and weird then, cringy massage, Michelangelo yeah. comes in with some weird cringy jokes. About turtle wax. I didn't like that either. Oh, turtle wax. That's what it was. I was trying to remember. Yeah. It wasn't even a joke. It was just like a visual like, gag, I guess. Do you need ointment? Because they had been working out. And he, he goes, no. And then he grabs a turtle wax and he goes, hey, hey, hey. Like he laughs, laughs just like that. Yeah. That's the joke that it's turtle wax. And then Leonardo is meditating in front of Raphael's bathroom where he's face down in the tub. Oh, yeah. Face down hears, Raphael. They didn't even try he, to prop him up well. They threw him right. face down into the water. I'm assuming that they breathe water maybe that was helpful for yeah, him to recover i mean i've seen turtles like float at the top of the water before so maybe that's what they were trying to do and then leonardo's over here um meditating using the force using trying the to force talk to, to yoda i mean um splinter splinter and then they connect and splinter leonardo. says his name oh that was such a beautiful moment leonardo it's kind of like well no rise of skywalker spoilers it's a very new movie stop yeah Slow it down. <laughs> it's just like any Star Wars force communication. Right. Like when Obi-Wan is telling Luke, Luke, use the force. Or when Obi-Wan like takes a seat because Alderaan died. 
I heard a million voices scream out in pain, and oh. they were all silenced at once. Oh, so sad. Do I do a good Alec Guinness? I'm just joking. You do some good voices, yeah. <laughs> Yoshi. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so while he's Ohana meditating, Yoshi. Leonardo manages to make contact with Splinter. He convinces the others to join him in a seance. They all share a vision of Splinter who tells them how proud he is and that they have mastered their training of the mind, becoming true ninjas before saying his final goodbye. Yeah, which is uh, very misleading. I thought he died. Extremely. They're all crying. He says, this is my final goodbye. Peace out. I didn't assume that they were going to like kill him or like they were going to show what happened to him, but I assumed it was like a forced ghost type of thing where he like, just left his body. Yeah, is done. He's them. he's at peace. He's done. Right. Yeah. That's not the case, as we will soon to find out. Yeah. So at, um. The desert, the turtles decide to return to New York, find and rescue him. Right. Only after Danny, and uh, Splinter have that little conversation. Oh yeah. Splinter um, tries to set him straight. Danny discovers Splinter, who detects Danny's confusion using the Force, and angst <laughs> to speak to him. He offers Danny guidance and advice during their short conversation, telling him once that all fathers care for their sons, despite Danny's anger towards his father. Damn, yeah, Charles, you're an asshole. Yeah, he's the worst. Turtles return to their lair and find Danny hiding out in a closet. He tells April that he ran away from his father but will go back to him if he could just spend the night. Everyone agrees to let him stay. April shows and gives him one of the drawings she did of the turtles. And during the middle of the night, Danny abruptly leaves, but not before drawing the attention of Casey, who follows him. They go to the Foot Clan hideout where Danny, confused, seeks out Splinter while Casey knocks out a Foot Ninja and steals his outfit. Yeah, and that was weird too. So Danny goes to Splinter, who then gives you the whole backstory of Splinter and Shredder. You find out that Splinter was the pet rat of his master, Yoshi. Yoshi! Yoshi! Here we go. Thank you. Yoshi! And competed in ninjutsu. And his main rival was Oroku Saki. Both men competed not only in ninjutsu, but for a love of a woman named Yang Chin. But, but Chin loved only Yoshi, and instead of seeing him fight for her hand, convinced him to flee with her to America. Oh, that's why he was a construction worker. Which is funny, because... And uh, that's why Splinter got to New York. It's a very stereotypical immigrant job. When I saw him with a hat, I was like, hmm, okay, gotcha. That's true. Cool. Well, it's it's entry level, and it's, you know, hard manual labor. It's appropriate, and people do it. but it is semi-stereotypical. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least he wasn't—he wasn't building railroads, Justin. Yeah, yeah. He could have been worse. a lot more racist, I guess. He could have came home in like a uh, Chinese restaurant, like uniform, exactly. chef's yeah. outfit, or something. Yeah, he could have taken off his delivery driver polo. Oh, that would have been awesome. That would have been good, though. Maybe they would have ordered some Chinese, and we would have got a whole no. Anyways, Saki followed them, quickly dispensed them both in rage. Splinter escaped from his cage and leapt at Saki's face, scarring it. Fucking his face up. Fucking it up. Saki swung at Splinter, slicing part of his ear off before disappearing. Danny asks what became of Saki, to which Splinter replies that no one truly knows, but that Danny is wearing his emblem on his headband. Shredder comes in, and he sees that they're talking to each other. He says, Danny, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Get your ass over here. Using the force, he senses the drawing in his back pocket and (laughs) plucks it right out. He looks... And it's a drawing of the turtles and... Well, it's a drawing of Leonardo. For some reason, this is pissing him off. He's like, hmm, oh, he turtles. Said no, he said they're back. They're he back. said they're back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he was already describing turtles before. He angrily walks away and gathers his forces, telling Tatsu to kill the rat. 
Hearing this, Danny rushes back where he runs into Casey and explains that they have to rescue Splinter. They manage to get him out of his chains, but are stopped by Tatsu and a team of ninjas. Meanwhile, the Foot sets out to ambush the Turtles in their hideout, but are surprised by a sneak attack. The Turtles fiercely fight back and bring the conflict to the streets above. Oh yeah, that's where they gassed them. They gassed them! As they fight, Casey engages Tatsu in a one-on-one -on -one combat and manages to overpower him. Before leaving, he questions the gang members on their idea of this so-called family that they're a part he of. He goes, Sam Rockwell, you step right up to me right here. This is your, this is your family, huh? That's your family, huh? This, this, this right here, this all, this all right here is your family, huh? We huh? love a Sam Rockwell. He goes, this is, we, we, we're a family. We're a family. We're a family, Casey. If you guys don't know Sam Rockwell, he was also in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Seven Psychopaths, Richard Iron Jewell, Man 2. Iron Man 2, The Green Mile. Bunch of shit. Before going on, I do want to mention two actors who were unnamed and uncredited, but they were members of the foot. They were not famous at this point, but they did reach fame later. Skeet Ulrich, who plays who the that? father of Jughead Jones in CW's Riverdale. Okay. For all my Riverdalian fans out here. Riverdalian fans. And Scott Wolf, who plays the lead role of Carson Drew in CW's Nancy Drew. Oh, great. So, a bunch of CW fans. I mean, a bunch of CW... After... Dispatching a few remaining ninjas, the turtles are surprised by the sudden appearance of Shredder, who engages the turtles in combat. They ask him, they, they, they fight him one by one. Yeah, I remember them going exactly one by one, and I was like, no, guys, you have to do it together. Yeah, and then he's all, he tells him Shredder's dead, and then Leonardo's like, fuck you, bro! Yeah, but it sucks that it, that wasn't the answer. It wasn't that they had to work together. Right. Because it was actually yeah. just, it's supposed to be a splinter slash Shredder yeah. final duel moment. And that's exactly. when he reveals that Shredder is Oroku Saki. Mm -hmm. Shredder takes off the mask. You see how fucked his face is. And he, he goes, says, I will finish what I had started with your ear. Oh, and Splinter says, yeah, I'll fuck your face out too, bro. Let's go, bro. Let's go, bro. And, and then um, they do comes at this, him with this move that I <laughs> started screaming. He comes <laughs> at him in a stabbing motion. And Splinter takes Michelangelo's nunchuck takes his nunchuck wraps it around the knife and yeah. flings this full-fledged man off the roof he this is a rat this is a grown rat this is a rat and he doesn't just deflect the blow he doesn't use his own momentum to kind of make shredder trip die. over the rooftop no 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 no, 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 no. he jedi flips he him lifts over his him head. into the air over his head and then and then dangles him off the rooftop he's he's like pulling him tight enough with his own with his own strength and the and the nunchuck rope that it's holding Splinter in like a like a climbing up the the wall type position, and he's <laughs> just fully holding this full man out here. Yeah, and while then, he's trying to give a parable, he's like, he's like, mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's trying like, to do the, know, the right Jedi thing, like Yoda mm -hmm. should, like uh, Splinter should. Yes, <laughs> you know, give him one last chance. You know, it doesn't have he to says, be this way. It's over. He says something. He says something along like, um, like. When you die, it'll be worse for you because you're going to die with um, no honor. But before he can say no honor. Before he can say no honor, Shredder throws a kunai out of his pocket or wherever the fuck he gave it from, got it from. Splinter catches it, but in doing so, let's go. Let's go. Yes. He falls into the garbage. A trash compactor. Trash can, trash compactor below. And then Casey trash compacts him. So it's actually Casey that kills Splinter, uh, Shredder. Kills him, murders him, crushes him to death. 
I mean, we don't see yeah. it, and he obviously comes back for number two. So you know, spoilers, but right. The fact then that you get can a cute drop little... somebody into a trash compactor and then compact it is wild. Right. And then we get a cute little reuniting scene with turtles and the splinter and April and this guy kiss. Oh, it was beautiful. I love you. I know. Shut up. Uh. Yes, exactly. Han and Leia, we love it. Police can you arrive. just kiss me already? I gotta go report. They question the remaining foot members, which is pretty much Sam Rockwell. He's the lead thug, the only go, one with go speaking to this, lines. Go to this warehouse. You'll see everything you need to see. And then um, she gets her job back because Charles is begging her. She gets not only an office, not only a corner office, but she's also but now, she's the, now highest the highest paid. highest paid reporter in reporter, New baby. York City. She's a tough negotiator. <sighs> well, he rolled over on every single thing she asked for. That's what I call aggressive negotiations. <laughs> okay. Oh, so then they're all God. cheering. They're all I got a bad their, feeling about this. They're all exchanging their slang exclamations. And then the bop comes on. And then Splinter comes in and says, My favorite has always been a cowabunga. Cowabunga. <laughs> cowabunga. And then the movie, I mean, that's still Spongebob. Um, oh, oh, you got me. It goes, um, I don't know that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtle theme song just heard it. Turtle power. Yeah, but then the bop turns on, and it's a fucking, the greatest rap song of all time about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. that was really good. We love a rap about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it was great. All right. And that was the movie. That was the whole movie, guys. That was the movie. Start to finish. It was so good. It was just as good as I remember, and I know exactly I why it. I loved this as a kid. Yeah. There's a lot of things I where I'll go back and I'm like, why did I like this as a kid? This is not one of those things. No, 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 no. So, mm-hmm. before this, I told you that, of course, we had some location shoots in New York City. We had to oh, get the right, Twin Towers. Yes. We had to get the Empire State Building, all that good stuff. But then, after those few little location shoots, they actually took those photos and built rooftop sets somewhere else in America. Do you have your final answer for where you think this location was? Well, you said it wasn't uh, like a important city. So it and I want to say California because that's where everything happens, but mm, Atlanta. Mm. Okay. I mean Georgia. Sorry, you said it wasn't a city. Fuck, never mind, not Georgia. Um, yeah, it's not a big city, and I would say there's no big cities in here. You're not going to be like, "Oh, oh, it's near this place." Wyoming, Utah, why uh Texas? Nope, 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 and nope. All right, just tell me. I don't. Uh, my my final answer is Rhode Island. Mm. Well, after the location shoots, most of the production took place in North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina Film Studios is where all the rooftop sets were created. What? What? The production designer like Roy Forge Smith and his art director Gary Wisner went to New York four months prior. And took photographs of rooftops, abandoned subway Brooklyn lines. Ab- what did I just say? <laughs> abandoned, abandoned subway Brooklyn lines. <laughs> Production abandoned designer, blah, blah, blah. Brooklyn abandoned subway lines. We're keeping that in. Brooklyn lines. We got it. <laughs> okay. So Who directed some, this movie? So this movie was also directed by Steve Barron. Who Steve did, Barron. My man, Steve Barron. My man, Steve Barron. My man, Steve Barron. He sounds familiar. He didn't do a lot of film before this he didn't do a lot of film after it either he was mostly known for doing music videos he started as a camera assistant <gasps> man started making a bunch of music videos during the 80s oh he did eminem stuff didn't he 
he uh, first worked for a bunch of people I don't recognize the jam human league Adam and the ants basically like the first people who were shown on MTV which was brand new at the time right did he in work with Eminem you have to get me there in 1982 he conceived and directed the award-winning Billie Jean music video for the first oh, single <gasps> of Michael wow. Jackson's legendary thriller album Wow, you spoke about that in the movie. In 1985, he also made the iconic Take On Me music video by IHA. <gasps> Whoa, so no wonder they gave him a movie. And which also explains why this whole movie played like a giant 80s music video. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I liked it, though. I enjoyed it. Oh, it was amazing. The music was on point. I like movies that play as music videos. That's great. Like, Baby Driver is my favorite movie ever, and it's like basically just one long music video. That was a really good movie. I'm really glad you showed yeah. that to me. I wouldn't have watched that on my own. Well, I'm glad I could bring you into my world. So he also directed many of music video that would come to define the early days of MTV, Africa by Toto, Burning Up, Like a Virgin, and Material Girl by Madonna. Anything by anything with Eminem? Um, not that I can see, no. But I thought Eminem has a sketch on one of his albums, like called Steve Bannon. Steve Barron. Oh, Steve Bannon is that one alt right guy who's all up in the news. So before TMNT, Steve had only directed one film in '84 called Electric Dreams. I just wanted to read you the description of it: a music-led science fiction romantic comedy that depicts a love triangle between a man, a woman, and a personal computer. Wait, what is this? The other movie he directed? <laughs> the only movie he had directed up until this point. And I just had to include the description in there because I, it sounds like my kind of jam. <laughs> oh my God. So a computer program that he falls in love with? That's weird. <clears throat> so yeah, that's why this play, this play is like an 80s music video, which was very appropriate. The songs were gotcha. all amazing in there. The gotcha. actual score was done by John Duprez, who also comes back for TMNT 2 and 3. And also scored Monty Python's The Meaning of Life, 1983. Oh, fun. I like that one. So most of the elements of this movie was taken from the original comics, like the stories of the Turtles' origins, the rooftop battles, the sojourn to the farmhouse, the battle with Shredder, Splinter being uh, Yoshi's right. mutated pet rat, whereas right, 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 you know, right, in certain right. cartoons, Splinter is a mutated Hamato Yoshi himself. Right. And then some some elements were taken from the animated series the 1980s that weren't included Yoshi. in the comics like the turtles colored bandanas originally that wasn't in the comics in the comics they were all black and white so they were all <gasps> black bandanas the only way you can tell them apart was the weapons they were carrying oh wow that's crazy i didn't know that their love of pizza also came from the animated series because you know the animated series was for kids they wanted to zhuzh it up with some pizza oh so was the comic more serious uh, yeah, the comic apparently was more serious, had some blood in it, was a little bit more like adult-themed. Why Turtles then, I wonder? <clears throat> Anyways. In the animated series, April O'Neil was a television reporter, whereas in the original, she was actually a lab assistant. So <gasps> oh, so she like She has something ooze. to do with the origins. Yeah, the ooze. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. As well as a surfer lingo that they all use, like Bummer, Dude, Radical, mm-hmm. Cowabunga, that all came from the animated series, not the comics. So a lot of the origins of how... The Turtles came to be is like a huge homage or illusion, whatever you want to call it, to Daredevil. The first Daredevil. The traffic accident between a blind man oh, yeah. and a truck carrying radioactive material was the way that they had what the way that they um came to be in the comics. Wow. In the very first issue, Splinter actually sees a canister strike a young boy's face. In the name Splinter as well parodies Daredevil's mentor Stick. Hmm. And the hand That's funny. 
the hand are the clan of evil ninjas, arch nemesis to daredevil, just like the foot. <gasps> oh my god, and the foot! Wow, this is really just uh, so it's this lives so in the daredevil universe because so it, it's saying that um because the reason daredevil got his powers is because of that truck, that same truck that mm-hmm. gave the turtles their power. That's crazy. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know if that's it's like insane canon, but I mean it was in the I first mean, issue. Yeah, so I, I mean it's canon in the teenage mutant. No, yeah, it's canon in the teenage mutant ninja turtles universe but it's not canon in marvel exactly or it could be i don't know one of the last few little fun facts i got for you pizza hut engaged in a 20 million dollar marketing campaign tied to the film you know selling merchandise putting turtles all over their shit despite Wait, the fact then that every time that Domino's? pizza was delivered was domino's pizza oh my god why i, I don't know what i don't know if pizza hut like struck his deal afterwards and then i don't know you know seeing wow, this film so papa funny. john pizza hut guy papa john version of pizza hut must have been pissed yeah i would be mad <laughs> the ceo of pizza hut <laughs> you said the papa john's of pizza hut the papa john's of pizza hut whatever that guy's name is the ceo of pizza hut justin <clears throat> so it actually won the yoga award for the worst foreign film in 1991 what did this movie, yeah. Foreign film? Yeah, because, well, the yoga award is like a Spanish award. Oh, so it's bad? So for the Spanish, I don't think they like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles very much. Wow, that's fucked up. It was that bad. And then the most recent thing I can find about this movie is that in 2015, um, some of the writers, the director, Steve Barron, the producer, David Chan, they all filed for a $3 million lawsuit against the franchise rights holder, Fortune Star Media, for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because they were entitled in their contracts to two to ten percent, ranging on you know each individual contract of the profits of merchandise, franchise profits, all that good stuff, which they and, never paid them, uh, you know, oh, except for the first film, right? And they yeah. never got for any of these new ones either. I'm guessing exactly. Wow, so that happened in 2015, and after some googling, you really cannot find any news on it. So I don't know if they settled out of court. So we don't even know if we. Oh yeah. I don't know if they won. You know. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. All right. So we've got the budget of this film. How okay. much do you think that this film cost to make? <sighs> With all these Jim Henson puppets and all these big name actors, such what as Halloween Town Mom. This was 1990. I'm gonna say $70 million. Oh, all right, a little high there. It was actually 13 and a half million dollars. <gasps> what? Yeah, she was a cheapie. She was a cheap movie. I wow. think the fact that they didn't have to film in New York and just took those few little shots and then moved everything to North Carolina, I think that really saved them a lot of money. She spent $13 million on that movie? That's nothing. That movie cost nothing to make. Literally nothing, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, $13 million, but that's crazy. But in like film standards? Film standards, yeah. Like that's even, what, what what was the NeverEnding Story again? How much did that say it cost? Um, that was $60 million. Damn, you see what I'm saying? 60, exactly. That's crazy. Um, How much do you think we won back? Well, we definitely made our money back. I'm going to say we got, mm, did we make uh, at least 100 mil? At least 100 mil, yes. Okay, so 126 mil. It's a round number. 130. It's a nice round number. 130 mil. 170 mil. So this film opened. 150 mil. (laughs) This film opened at number one in the box office over the <gasps> weekend. 190 mil. <laughs> grossing more than $25 million in the first weekend. Ugh. The biggest opening for an independent film at the time. Wow. And subsequently was the highest grossing independent independent film of all time. 
It's an independent movie. This bitch New turned Cinema out it. $200 million. Wow, $200 million. Good job. Wow, they made so much money. $187 million. Which makes it the ninth highest makes it the ninth highest grossing film of 1990. Justin, this is the ninth highest grossing film of 1990? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, an wow. independent movie. An independent movie? Just, so New Line Cinema just did it? They were just like, okay, fine. Just one long music video of a movie. Wow, that's crazy. They did it on the cheap, too. All right, Ryan. What? It's time <laughs> what? for a little show I like to call The Third, Third Degree, Degree Quiz Show. Oh, shit. Show, 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 show. All right. In this movie, very small role, Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Very small role. He was in a movie called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stood apart of the main character of this movie. Uh-huh. Do you know who plays Arthur Dent in Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide to the Galaxy? Of course I do. What's his name? Martin Freeman. Martin Short. No. Martin Freeman. Is it Martin Freeman? Bing, 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 bing. Oh. <laughs> Your silence. I was like, what? Good job. Yeah. That was not a good one for me. Really, Martin Freeman off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't know this guy. He's like he's in he's in Sherlock. He's in what do you mean? What else is he in? He's in the Black Panther, Captain America movies. (gasps) He he is in Black Panther. He looks so different though. He looks so much older. That's that's what you answered the question of. And not Um, just older, but like like I don't know. His face is so much smaller. He's in a bunch of shit. He was like so a, much shit. like an average sized dude. In oh yeah, he was skinny. He was he was really skinny in um Wakanda Forever in Black yeah. Panther. Yeah, and then in Black yeah. Panther, he's like a real small guy. Yeah. I really oh, yeah. did not put. But that he back did he did a great together. he did so good in that movie though. Right. Oh, he's in the right. Office. He's the British version of the Office. He's like the main character. He's Jim. Oh really? Yeah, he's the Jim um, of the British Office. I'm thinking I'm picking on like a really unknown actor. No, you should have done um. Who was the uh the black the um his friend his best friend, but I know oh. that one too. It's most deaf because he's a rapper. Really, I thought. And that then Zoe Deschanel's hard. in it. Obviously, no, Zoe. I know and a lot of people I, in that movie. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Yeah. I would not have known the black guy's name. I, I know all the. I don't know Arthur their. Dent's I don't. Name. I don't know his name either. But I know Arthur's name. Arthur Dent. Right. No, not mm-hmm. Arthur Dent. Yeah, Arthur Dent. Oh, Arthur character. Dent. And then it's um uh Bebop Blugel or something like that. His name is um <laughs> the friend guy. Um, no, no, no. Um, Sam Rockwell is uh, oh, President Flea, Flea Fox Flea Box or something like that something like that yeah President Flea Block Blue Block <sighs> anyways I got it right good job so now we're two to two we're two to two great well I give you well you didn't guess one. whether or not I was gonna give it did you think I, I was gonna get it easy one no but I, did you think well, I was gonna get it oh. I didn't guess it out loud but I definitely did not think we were gonna get it alrighty Ryan <sighs> it's about that time my friend mm-hmm. I What's gotta up? ask you another question What's it's not up? part of a game show oh but it's part of our show. This What's is how that? we feel. Oh. I got to ask you, how are you feeling right about now? <sighs> you know, you did a lot of speaking from the heart last week on the Click episode. So I, I have I abandoned my writing down of my how I feels. So okay. again, I'm going to speak directly from Give it to me my on the fly. corazón. And the way my corazón feels is I feel like Michelangelo, after having just waited 30 minutes for pizza, and the pizza man being two minutes late, and now I get to skimp him and give him a fake Chinese proverb. That's how I feel. I feel just as giddy as Michelangelo when he gets his pizza for ten for two dollars like less. You just saved three dollars. Yeah, the tab was thirteen. After, he gave him a yeah. ten. 
I gave myself a 10 because I delivered myself the pizza technically. Oh, wow. So you feel like you're delivering yourself a pizza at only... And skipping myself and then feeling the joy. Wow. (laughs) There's a lot to think about. Wow. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to have to pull up the rest of that money for my boss. But Justin... What's up? Um, how do you feel? What's up? How do you feel? I said. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you said it, but it cut out. Did you cut out? Oh, yeah. I didn't hear shit after that. I what's like, up? What, what, what's up? What's up? <laughs> what's up? How do you feel, Justin? Ryan, mm. I feel like. Give it to me. God. Give it to me. Oh my God, Ryan. Give it. I feel like. Justin. My favorite has always been. Not only seeing that my four children have grown into beautiful adult mutant ninja turtles, but <laughs> that I'm okay with giving them a little bit of a little bit of playfulness. I'm not afraid to throw a little cowabunga here and there, you know? Mm, you got a cowabunga sometimes, man. Yeah, exactly. And when you're in the third act, when you've finally defeated your main antagonist of your movie, you got a cowabunga somehow. Yeah, you got a cowabunga then. A cowabunga. Cowabunga. And that was how we feel. And this is the show. We're just going to link everything in the description. Rusty Ninja Studios, link in bio. This is how we feel the podcast. I'm your boy, Justin Vinas, Baby J. Find me on somewhere. This is your boy, R. Dizzle. Where can they find you? Ryan Diaz. You can find me at, at FireX11 on Twitter. Rusty Studio Studio. Blah, 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 Rusty Ninja Studios on YouTube. Follow us. Subscribe. And yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Um, Cowabunga! Cowabunga! Good. I felt the harmony. Yeah.